Witness Docs from Stitcher. I'm Natasha Del Toro, and this is Verified. We've come to the final episode of this season. And the first time you'll be hearing directly from Johnson & Johnson. Throughout this series, we've sent questions to J&J wanting to hear its side of the story. We haven't heard anything back. But a couple of years ago, J&J's CEO had a lot to say about the safety of talc. Remember, in December 2018, Reuters and the New York Times published bombshell investigations on the same day, alleging Johnson & Johnson had known for decades about the presence of asbestos in its baby powder and had kept that information from the public. And boy, did that news spread. On a downright ugly day for the averages, we have to take a closer look at a company that's facing a huge amount of negativity right now, Johnson Johnson. Friday, J&J stock sold off after investors reacted negatively to a Reuters investigation that reported some stunning allegations that J&J had known about the presence of asbestos in its baby powder for decades and intentionally hid evidence. That's Jim Cramer, host of CNBC's Mad Money. And his guest was Johnson & Johnson's CEO, Alex Gorsky. Well, I think it's good that I'm here to be able to clarify that and basically clear the record. Okay. What I'd first say is there's at least a couple of issues that have been alleged. Uh, The first one concerning baby powder and talc and asbestos, and is it related to cancer? And the second relates really to the actions of the company. If I take a few minutes on the first. You've got it. Look, I would start by saying that we unequivocally believe that our talc, our baby powder, does not contain asbestos. And that's demonstrated in thousands of studies, studies not only conducted by Johnson & Johnson, but studies conducted by independent authorities, well-respected authorities, where we work closely with regulators who are overlooking the methodology. And those allegations that the company had kept information from the regulators? Gorski said, not true. Remember, this was occurring, again, you know, back in the 1970s, right. 1980s. This was during the same time when Johnson & Johnson has been recognized as removing Tylenol from the market when there was any kind of a safety issue. And that's the same company that was managing through this particular period of time. And I can't believe the company that took that dramatic of an action would allow a product that they felt in any way could be harmful to stay on the market. Gorski addressed the allegations one by one, calmly and confidently, trying to set shareholders at ease. Alex, the Reuters uh, investigation says it didn't tell the agency that at least three tests from three different labs from 1972 to 1975 have found asbestos in its talc, including in one case at levels reported as rather high. Well, Jim, what we found is what's really important in all these cases as you're reviewing the documents is to look at all the information in totality, especially when you're dealing with matters of science. And while there are documents that will refer to one testing methodology versus another or an outcome, what we found is the outliers are either incomplete or, frankly, they're refutable based upon the methodology or the particular sample that they used. 
Gorski seemed fluent in the complex science of testing and on a timeline that long predated his time as CEO. But if you look at the body of evidence on the whole, it's very clear that this talc was safe, as we, as we stated. No asbestos in talc. This was the same line J&J had been arguing for decades. But less than a year later... The FDA said it had found trace amounts of asbestos in one bottle of Johnson's baby powder. Johnson & Johnson is recalling about 33,000 bottles of baby powder in the U.S. after asbestos was discovered in a bottle. This is the first time the company has recalled its baby powder over possible asbestos contamination. Now here was the FDA saying there was asbestos in Johnson's baby powder on store shelves in that very moment contradicting the assurances the company had been giving the public for decades. Would Johnson & Johnson finally have to acknowledge that maybe its baby powder wasn't as pure and safe as it had always claimed? J&J was quick to take the affected batch of baby powder off store shelves. But, of course, the company also wanted to do its own tests on the powder. And 11 days later, it issued this news release. 15 new tests from that same bottle of baby powder previously tested by the FDA finds no asbestos. Additionally, the company saying over 60 new tests of the recalled lot conducted by two third-party laboratories also find no asbestos. Um, so they're saying here in their press release that the tests suggest that positive readouts for asbestos could have been possible due to lab contamination. Lab contamination. Now, If you remember from previous episodes, J&J had used this reason in the past when a researcher, or in this case, the FDA, found asbestos in their talc. But this time, the FDA had actually used a testing expert that J&J had recommended to them. The lab's director had been an expert witness for J&J at previous talc trials. But now, all of a sudden... The company didn't trust his lab's test results when he found asbestos in their talc. J&J stuck with the company line. Thousands of tests over the past 40 years confirmed its talc is asbestos-free. It was the same line Alex Gorsky had said on Mad Money. But funny thing about that Mad Money interview, Gorsky had been trying to calm concerned shareholders and the public to reassure them that talc was safe. His careful rebuttals to all that evidence against J&J, they were meant to ease some of the pressure on the company. But the strategy backfired. That interview actually landed Gorsky and J&J in even more hot water. Because of that interview, Gorsky ended up in court on a witness stand. On a cloudy Monday morning in late January 2020, a dozen journalists and TV cameras gathered outside a courthouse in New Brunswick, New Jersey, just five minutes away from the world headquarters of J&J. It was Gorski's first time appearing in court to defend the safety of J&J's signature powder. Inside, 
plaintiff's lawyer, Chris Panettiere, walked into the courtroom and thumped down a huge folder of evidence on his table. He was representing four people who alleged J&J's baby powder had caused their mesothelioma, a deadly cancer caused by exposure to asbestos. A jury had already ruled in their favor, so this hearing was to establish punitive damages that the company would have to pay for extra harmful conduct. J&J had tried to keep Gorski from having to testify, but the judge said that his public statements, including his Mad Money interview, were relevant to the case. And so, finally, Gorski took the stand. Thank you, Your Honor. At this time, plaintiffs call uh, the CEO of Johnson & Johnson, Alex Gorski. Alex Gorsky, G-O-R-S-K-Y. Now, the quality of this court recording isn't great, but we're going to play a bunch of testimony from the trial because something happens in this exchange between Panettiere and Gorsky, plaintiff's lawyer and CEO, that's never happened before. You are the CEO of Johnson & Johnson, correct? Yes, that is the highest executive position at the company, true? Yes. You're also the chairman of the board of directors, correct? Yes. You make the calls at the end of the day, correct? That's not exactly correct. It depends on exactly what issue it might be. But ultimately, I'm responsible. Gorski testified over the course of a day. But the part that really caught our attention was when Panettiere asked Gorski about this video he's in on the J&J website talking about talc. Now, one of the things that you had stated uh, on the J&J website, we can go ahead and go to my computer, please. I think this is the right clip. So the video that they're about to play in court is of Alex Gorski, the CEO, standing in front of this white background. And off to the side, there's this big red Johnson & Johnson logo. And he's about to deliver this message. We've also made all our cosmetic talc vines and processed talc available to regulators for testing. Regulators have tested both, and they have always found our talc to be asbestos-free. Now, that wasn't true when you said it, and it's not true right now. Isn't that correct? That's not my understanding. If I can clarify, please. What I mean, when I made the statement, based upon the totality of evidence that our experts had provided me, following dialogue, debate, checking some documents, felt very confident that that statement was true. Panettiere reminded Gorski that the FDA had found asbestos in J&J's talc back in the 1970s, and the agency found asbestos again in October 2019, just three months before the trial. But still, after all that, there was Gorski on J&J's website claiming regulators had never found asbestos in the company's talc. And the video was still posted, even as Gorski was testifying. Johnson & Johnson has always told the public there's no asbestos in Johnson's baby powder. Is that correct? Uh, To the best of my knowledge, that's correct. Now, what you can't do as you sit here, sir, is you cannot state under oath that there are no tests showing asbestos in Johnson's baby powder 
or its source tell. You cannot state that under oath, can you? That's correct. Wait a minute. Was that an admission? Alex Gorski repeated this, that there's no asbestos in Johnson's baby powder, on Mad Money and on the Johnson Johnson website, correct? Yes, based upon the information of our scientists, of our medical experts who studied this in very significant detail, and that I've had the privilege to work with for, in some cases, decades, I trusted in their judgment and their, um, their knowledge in this area. Johnson & Johnson knows that in October of 2019, an FDA contract lab found chrysotile asbestos in Johnson's baby powder, correct? It's not completely correct, if, Johnson, I, can exp- if I can explain. Johnson & Johnson disputes that, correct? Uh, yes, we do. So, in the courtroom, Gorski was willing to concede that regulators had found asbestos in J&J talc, but he said they were wrong. There's no asbestos in J&J talc. When it came time for cross-examination, J&J's defense lawyer led Gorski through the company line. And if there was any reservation in your mind, uh, Mr. Gorski, that your experts had not considered all of the uh, available evidence, uh, if there was any doubt in your mind about the truth of the statements that you made about talc, would you have gone on TV and said those things? No. Do you believe, based on all of the information the experts have given you, that talc is safe? Yes. And do you stand by the safety of uh, Johnson's baby powder? Yes. Thanks very much for your time, Mr. Korski. I appreciate it. The jury wasn't convinced. Johnson & Johnson lost another lawsuit related to its signature baby powder. A jury in New Jersey ordered the company to pay $750 million in punitive damages to four people who allege asbestos and its talc-based products caused their cancer. In fact, the jury said the damage is so high, they actually broke the rules. A New Jersey law limits punitive damages to no more than five times compensatory damages. So the judge had to reduce the $750 million in damages to $186 million. Still, a lot of money to be divided among the plaintiffs. And the pressure on J&J just kept mounting as the lawsuits kept coming. As of this fall, some 22,000 plaintiffs are still suing J&J over talc. And a federal judge has ruled expert witnesses could present science linking talc to ovarian cancer in a huge bundle of cases. That means those cases can move forward. Not good news for J&J. Separately, 41 states have started a joint investigation into the way J&J marketed talc products. That's in addition to the two states that have already filed lawsuits against J&J. Both the SEC and the Department of Justice have opened inquiries into J&J related to talc. Then in May, J&J did something we absolutely didn't expect. 
Overnight, Johnson & Johnson announcing a major change to one of its iconic products. The pharmaceutical giant saying it will no longer use talc in its baby powder products sold in the U.S. and Canada. The world's biggest maker of healthcare products said on Tuesday, demand for talc-based Johnson's baby powder in North America has been declining due in large part to changes in consumer habits and fueled by misinformation around the safety of the product and a constant barrage of litigation advertising. J&J announced it would stop selling its talc-based baby powder in the U.S. and Canada. The product that helped build the company starting more than 100 years ago. The product we all grew up with. We were deep into reporting this project when J&J made its announcement, and our whole team was completely caught off guard. At the time, J&J was making headlines for a different reason. Their work on a COVID-19 vaccine. The U.S. government had recently invested $450 million in J&J's vaccine research. So the news that J&J would stop selling talc baby powder came and went pretty quickly. In the crush of other headlines, it was easy to miss. Of course, it was a big deal for the people who worked so hard for this moment. People like Dean Berg and Marvin Salter. When I saw it on TV, I was thrilled. I even took a picture of the screen so I'd have that. I'm proud of myself in a sense. It's like been a lot of hard work. It's taken a long time. This was what I really wanted to have done from the very beginning. But for them now to pull it off the market is definitely a milestone. Oh, it's just it's extremely joyful and, and happy to, to hear, hear that. And my biggest thought process was that at least now going forward, you know, think of the, the countless number of lives that are probably going to be saved by um, taking this product down. So that that just, you know, fills my heart with, you know, so much joy. And, you know, I only wish that my mother was here to see this. The women who sued J&J and their families suffered through a lot to arrive at this moment. Chemotherapy, surgeries, and radiation. Constant stress and worry. Time away from work and their families. They also hauled themselves to meetings with lawyers, to trials, where they had to explain again and again private and painful details of their lives and how they had all used J&J's baby powder. In some ways, the decision to stop selling talc feels like the end of this long battle. According to Bloomberg, J&J has started to settle. More than 1,000 cases in October for over $100 million. That may signal a change in the company's legal strategy. While it settled some cases before trial, it hasn't done a bulk settlement like this before. But is this really an end? Okay, so here I am at a Walgreens pharmacy, my local Walgreens pharmacy. And I'm going to see if I can find Johnson & Johnson's baby powder with talc because they had said that they were going to discontinue it. Okay, here is the baby aisle. 
Okay, and here is the Johnson and Johnson's baby powder. Okay, so this one says it's made with natural corn starch and has no parabens dyes. Okay, so this is the cornstarch version. And this one here is, oh, this has a, like a lavender scent, but this one's also cornstarch. I'm not seeing any talc. I also checked a few different stores and same thing. The baby powder for sale was made with cornstarch, an alternative J&J has long offered for people who don't want to use talc. Cornstarch doesn't have any known safety issues. Hold on a second. Now I'm looking online and I'm looking on Walmart's website, uh, walmart.com. And right here, you can see that they are still selling the talc powder. Uh, it's the classic Johnson & Johnson baby powder. Uh, you can get a four-ounce bottle of it for $5.87. Huh. Let me just double-check the label and make sure that this is not the cornstarch. Like, just scroll down. And here it says ingredients. Yep. Talc and fragrance. But I guess my question is, if this stuff could possibly contain asbestos, why aren't they taking it off all the shelves immediately? I mean, again, what about that company credo of making customer safety their first priority? Jane J said it would stop sales of talc baby powder, but it didn't pull bottles from all stores. It's simply going to let them run out of stock. And while J&J is discontinuing sales of baby powder in the U.S. and Canada, the company has other plans for talc baby powder. Bangong nakakagigil hanggang eight hours. Johnson's Baby Powder. Choose gentle. That's an ad for Johnson's Baby Powder from the Philippines. And here's one from India. The company plans to keep selling their talc-based baby powder to billions of people overseas. And once again, they're assuring their customers that talc is as safe and pure as ever. But is it? For more than 50 years, people have been asking, is talc safe? How is it that after all these decades, we don't really have a clear answer? Can we trust talc? Does it contain asbestos? Does it cause cancer? I keep coming back to the idea that if there are significant questions about the safety of something I don't have to use, why take the risk? Especially since there's a near-identical product, the one with cornstarch, that doesn't have any of the same safety concerns. And it's clear that a lot of people feel the same way. One of the reasons Jane J gave for pulling the talc version of baby powder was because of its poor sales. Given the possibility that talc could make you sick, 
it's easier to just avoid it altogether. But in order to make a choice like that, you have to be aware of the risks. And without women like Dean Berg and Jackie Fox, without thousands of lawsuits and the media headlines they've generated, would consumers even know enough about the possible risks associated with baby powder to make that choice for themselves? Jane Jay often tried to keep that kind of information from the public. Based on internal documents that are now public, the company knew scientists found asbestos in their talc way back in the 1960s and found it again and again through the decades. The company knew asbestos was dangerous and took steps to remedy the problem. They created an alternative product with cornstarch and were trying to find ways to remove asbestos fibers from talc. They also worked to get a testing standard for asbestos adopted by the FDA, which doesn't do a great job of actually finding asbestos. All of this evidence is a big reason why juries across the country have ordered J&J to pay billions of dollars in damages. In June, a Missouri appeals court judge upheld a verdict against J&J, saying the company acted in an evil and reckless way that put profit over their customer's safety. It's striking to see those words written by a judge who's considered all the evidence on both sides of the case. And it's the thing so many people now suspect of big corporations, but we rarely have the proof. It's also disturbing that the FDA isn't able to do more to protect consumers, you know, to actually regulate. I mean, it's great the agency seems like it's finally getting serious about testing for asbestos. But what took them so long? It knew about the test that found asbestos in talc for decades. In the U.S., cosmetics companies and regulators don't have to prove a product is safe before it goes on the market. Instead, we have a system that monitors the products already on the market. And that feels backwards. So now, as I stare at all the beauty products in my bathroom, I have this general unease wondering if there's something else in there that might not be safe to use and that I would decide isn't worth the risk if I only knew enough to ask. I see dozens of bottles and tubes, each with a dozen or so ingredients that I can barely pronounce. It feels overwhelming. One thing this story has taught me is that we have to ask more questions, a lot more questions about the products we use every day. After all, if we can't trust the baby company, who can we trust? I'm Natasha Del Toro. And this is Verified. This was our final episode of Dust Up, our second season of Verified. Thank you so much for listening. And if you can't get enough of Verified, make sure that you've heard our first season, which is still available in this same feed. 
We also did three miniseries during the summer for Stitcher Premium. So visit stitcherpremium.com and search for Verified if you want to hear more. You can use the code WITNESS for one month free trial. Please keep sending us your thoughts, feedback, and reviews. We love hearing from you. And we're going to keep following this story. So check back with this feed for updates and stay subscribed because we're always cooking up something new. Dust Up, our second season of Verified, is reported by Sandra Bartlett and Jim Morris. It's written and produced by me, Natasha Del Toro, Sandra Bartlett, Tracy Samuelson, Suzanne Reber, and senior producer Dan Bloom. Additional production by Grant Hill and Claire Rawlinson. Our editors are Peter Clowney, Tracy Samuelson, and Ellen Weiss. Engineering by Casey Holford and Dan Bloom. Our theme and original music are by Allison Leighton-Brown. Special thanks to the many women and men who spoke with us on and off the microphone about this story, which spans decades. Verified is created by Suzanne Reber and executive produced by Suzanne Reber, Ellen Weiss, Peter Clowney, and Chris Bannon. The show is produced by the Scripps Washington Bureau in collaboration with Witness Docs, a Stitcher network. If you want to listen to early releases of our Verified episodes, sign up for Stitcher Premium at stitcherpremium.com. You can use promo code WITNESS for one month free. There's so much for you to discover about this story and what's coming up on the show. You can find us on Twitter at Verpod and at VerifiedPod on Instagram and Facebook. And if you have a story to tell us, send us a voicemail or an email to VerifiedPod at Stitcher.com. If you like the show and believe in this kind of storytelling, please give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. It'll help more people discover Verified. Thanks for listening.